3: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture
2: at burrow.com/acast. I-
3: Welcome to the Nylar9 9 9 podcast. On this week's podcast, we are going to be looking back at bit the best of 2018. I'm Nylar9 9 9 and I'm joined by Andrea Cleary.
1: Hello, how are you?
3: Both of us are here and present and uh, we're ready to talk about the year in music as it has been. Um, And we're going to do that by um, discussing some albums that uh, were released this year, our feelings on them and uh, some categories as well, just to kind of frame the whole thing. Um, If you are familiar with the website, you'll have seen our top 40 our, our, our top twenty Irish albums and top forty albums in internationally, um, they went up this week, so you can check those out in full. So we'll be talking about some of those records on this podcast, I'm sure, but maybe some others as well.
1: Maybe some others. Um
3: because 'cause we're going to be talking about not only albums that we really liked this year, but albums that we we're maybe a little bit disappointed by as well. Um so, you know, um something for everyone. Something for everyone. <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> uh, so Andre, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I can't believe it's the end of the year. It's not yet. <laughs> no, it's not. But when this podcast goes out, it's yeah, no, it still won't be. No. Um we're close. But we're 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 nearly there. Well it's listless. Really like it's and, and we're actually Compared to other publications, we're quite late with our lists. Like there, there's been albums of the year lists out for three weeks now.
3: Oh yeah, even longer. Some of the yeah. I think like Billboard and places like that have had them up for quite a while. Yeah. Any any print publications have been they've been out for a while.
1: Yeah, and they're um, gonna have egg on their face when Zayn releases his twenty <laughs> odd song uh, record later this month.
3: But what if what if like. Solange releases that album she promised in yeah. that profile earlier this year. Yeah. She said before the end of the year. I doubt it.
1: But you if never we, know. You never know.
3: What if Drake yeah. releases another album?
1: Oh, we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> 40 more tracks, Drake, please. <laughs> should, should,
3: will, will we start with that?
0: Yeah. Perhaps.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. So
3: uh, I would say um, in terms of most overhyped uh, album of the year, mm. my most overhyped album was Drake. Okay. Because of all of the things that surrounded it, less than the actual album itself, and that's that's what hype is. um, Essentially, like Spotify allowed him to take over their entire um, playlist strategy Mm. and put Drake's photo on on playlists that he wasn't even in. Yeah. So it just shows you the might of Drake. um, And he released what, a, a 79 track album?
1: It was Scorpion. ridiculous. Like, we we reviewed it here, and like the week running up to it, when I was listening to it, like, because you know, when you're reviewing an album, you kind of listen to that almost nonstop for the week or whatever. And it was, I, I couldn't see my way out of it. It, it <laughs> honestly, it's like, it's my overhyped album of the year, but it's also one of my worst big releases of the year for sure. It's one
3: of your worst big releases, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I kind of went back to it. I think, um, only last week I went back to it when I was doing all my end of year re-listening. And I was kind of going, at the start, I was like, oh, I'm kind of enjoying this more than I thought it would. And really? then I was like, oh,
1: I'm only at five tracks. A yeah. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very bloated, like yeah. like bloated doesn't even begin to describe it. It's there there's are 20, so much, 25
3: tracks on it. 25 and, try, yeah, um, I'm quite sad. I'd say it's about... Um, 18 tracks too long.
1: Tracks too long. <laughs> yeah, no.
3: I'd say like uh, there's tracks on there like emotionless, uh, God's plan, um, uh, elevate, no mind, uh, summer games. Okay, nice for what is great.
1: There's a run um, of a few tracks in like the kind of middle of side one. Um, that was decent, and then the rest of it was just awful whining over the same beat over and over and over again. And um, I haven't gone back to listen to it and I probably never will again. Mm,
3: but I, I felt like that way about a lot of Drake albums in the past. It was like you pick and choose what you like and then yeah. everything else you can leave. And yeah. uh, um,
1: I can I'd, leave most of Drake to be honest. Like, yeah, a, yeah there's, there's a record or two that I, I might dip into but Overall, I'm kind of, I I don't see, if, if Drake next year had a big release, I can't see myself being excited about it because I was so disappointed this I think year. I, I went into
3: that one with a lot of expectation because of the More Life playlist and I'm using air quotes there mm. um, because I just really liked that album or playlist, whatever you want to call it. It was a release uh, and I was just felt like it was a bit freeing Yeah, um, and there's been a couple of albums released this year that had that kind of feel where they, they feel like they were unburdened by expectation or whatever the schematic of a release is. You're just like, oh, this is just really nice to listen to. It's like, that's the value of an EP, for example, is like you can... Just, or a mixtape or something. Yeah, you can yeah. do something that's a little bit different and a bit off-kilter and maybe not uh, what everyone expects from an album. Mm. Um, so there have been a few of those this year, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um,
1: Another one of my overhyped albums is a very recent one, which is 1975, which we talked around last week. Yeah. But um, there has like continued to be a lot of discussion about the album and not a whole lot about what we were talking about last week. That's um, interesting, isn't it? And... Mm yeah, that's, that's one of the ones where it's like, it was a late entry. It was, it's go, it has been included on a lot of end of year lists that have been coming out over the past week. And I just, I'm like, no, like, especially looking back at a year that I thought wasn't that great. But I think in, in terms of like smaller releases and indie releases and kind of old favorites coming back, which we'll talk about, um, it it was a really decent year for music, and then to just kind of have them come in with this like very average record, and then top loads of lists. So that's I think that's definitely that. the
3: hype machine. But I think uh, sometimes the UK music industry is this biggest worst biggest worst enemy. Yes. Uh, like I said last week, being over there just on the day of release, and you just see so much. The nineteen seventy five billboards absolutely everywhere, and mm. something I just completely forgot about because it doesn't happen over here. In Terms of like you don't see music visibly in the streets,
1: no, we don't. Um, so,
3: unless they're like gig announcements or gig, um, yeah, on screens for in example. terms of
1: like posters on the streets and stuff, they're, they're usually, he, yeah, but not for like, like
3: huge billboards, yeah, we don't get that here, yeah. Um, so it was a real reminder of this, like, oh, these band, this band are being pushed, yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess that's enough about the 1975. I just, I yeah. think we talked around it enough. We talked I, around
1: it quite a bit. Needless
3: to say, I enjoyed a few songs off it, but it's not for me at all and no. there are problematic uh, lyrics. And you can listen to last week's episode if you want to hear more about that. Yes, um sure
1: can. I, what about a, a positive category?
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, how did you think you you said it was you think it was a good year for music this year? I think it was an okay year.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs>
3: For albums. I I think compared to... Good year for music, not a great year for albums. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like when I think about what a good year for music, uh, like what experiences I've had, you know, putting together end of year lists, it's been a lot easier for me this year to identify the music that I like. And I, I don't know if that means that there's, like, I think that there is less music out there that I've enjoyed but that doesn't detract from how much I enjoyed it. So I think there was really amazing stuff made this year, especially in this country. But overall, um, it kind of, there was a lot to be, um, there was a lot that I probably won't bring with me into 2019. Um, And the the things that I will, will definitely kind of sustain me throughout 2019 as well.
3: When I look at some of the albums that are on my list this year, a lot of those artists have released better albums in the past. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's yeah.
3: just occurred to me. But it yeah. is not to say they're bad albums in any way. No. But there are certainly albums on the on my list that um have the artists have made a better album mm. or bigger impact. Um so when we try like your what was your best pop album this year?
1: So for me I didn't get a whole lot out of pop music this year. Um, pop compar- music isn't
3: really normally an albums game anyway, but...
1: No, no. But I mean, there's there's, there's been very good albums of the past few years in pop. But this year, I don't know, not so much. So my, my favourite pop album this year was Mitski's Be The Cowboy. Um, See, I don't think that's a pop album. No?
3: I don't know if that qualifies for me. In um, what way? How is it a pop album? Tell me.
1: I I think I think it's good pop music. I think that mo- most, if not all, of the songs could be released. And to me, like a pop album is
3: something that's played on the radio and something that you could sure. play a song from.
1: I get yeah, I get,
3: like like the Troy Savan album had a lot of. Um, plaudits this year mm. the Ariana Grande album had a lot of uh, plaudits this year
1: yeah but I I wasn't really yeah I suppose I, I suppose I mean M- M- Mitski's album has tracks that are pop songs on it though like Nobody is an incredible pop song it's brilliant um like there's there's plenty on it there that's accessible to people and definitely hit home with a lot of people um and I know that her her gig went down really well this year as well but that was like when, when we were kind of talking about our categories I think that the Mitski album was the big one that I kind of thought of for pop Um, it was that or Robin but the more I kind of the more I think about the Robin album the less I'm sort of willing to like stay in its corner that's one of the ones where mm, where, where it's like better Um, albums have been released by this artist, you know.
3: Okay. Well I wanna first of all, just about the Mitsuki point is that was an album I just didn't get this year. And Mm -hmm. even this morning I went to listen to it again just to give it just I'm trying to figure out what I'm missing. And I Mm -hmm. just um I don't relate to it. I can't I feel like her delivery is very cold on it and I can't relate to it much. Um and I feel like I've heard albums in that vein done better
1: okay that's, that's how I feel about it I just can't
3: understand the wild acclaim it's getting
1: mm. I adore it
3: I absolutely love help it help me help me understand why you um, think it's
1: I guess it struck was a just core for so many people well f- for me personally I didn't know Mitski before this year and I think it, it it was a really good kind of gateway into the rest of her music which I loved I think it's the best album she's made so far. And I think that there are songs on it that are almost completely perfect pop tunes, but they have like an edge to them. And I I don't know another album released this year that sounds like it. It's so, she's so confident in what she's discussing. And it's also, you know, that really, that really nice thing of being universal and easy to connect with lyrically but also being um incredibly personal to her and you can kind of really get a sense that she means every word that she's singing she also see I don't
3: feel that no I don't feel that her vocal delivery gets me into her mind at all Mm. I feel like there's still a sheet of glass in front of myself and herself and 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 I was thinking about this in the context of, look, this is just my opinion of it, but um, in the context of, I know I heard that her live shows are intense and I was wondering if that had any factor in how people felt about the album because... Well, I
1: didn't see her live show this year. No, you year. didn't. No. no. Um,
3: but and just, I still love the album. Yeah.
1: Mm. But it might be just one of those ones where it's just like, it's not for
3: me. Well, you know, it's just been getting, it's been getting quite a lot of uh, attention at mm. the end of the year. So that was just an interesting thing to notice for me. I was like, oh, I just don't understand that one at all. Mm. Um, and with the Robin album, um, that's an interesting point. Um, I think I've actually, actually like it more than I, than I did originally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's my number 10th album of the year, if that means anything to you. Mm. <laughs> but what what that means essentially is that I did listen to it a lot and I have gone back to it and I really feel like it is something that um does really reflect what she is as an artist and certainly it's a different kind of album from yeah. Robin than you might have expected but I think it's really good as part I think of that.
1: for me with, with Robin is that I I I like it as a record that she's put out I like the statement that it made and I like what it means as an album for her as an artist but I, I can't pick any song out of it that I want to put on like my best of the year or anything it, it, like not, not, not even,
3: not even missing you or honey the, or,
1: uh, I mean, yeah, uh, never, never again,
3: never again. is another one. I
1: think H- honey would be up there. Sure. But th- there's a lot on it that where I I'm just sort of waiting to get to the next song that I like as opposed to i can't wait for the next song to start because i like the next one a lot which is what i do get with mitski
3: right okay interesting um my thing i guess with robin as well the song, the album is a lot about grief and it's a lot about losing somebody and i really understand that uh, much more now in terms of having listened to it for a longer time yeah um and i really i really like the way that the album goes from um you know the thing that Robin does really well is like almost flights of fancy in terms of how you deal with something, Mm. you know, like dancing on my own as an example in her past career, like a song or call your girlfriend is a great example. Mm. It's like, call your girlfriend's
1: my favorite. It's such
3: a, bizarre thing to do you know it's such a yeah. like funny like subject for a song in lots of ways it's yeah. like
1: it's so but it um, punches you in the heart that yeah, song but like, it's so
3: it's... like it, it goes to places that you're just like oh okay right yeah okay yeah um, like call your girlfriend and you know she, she'll get over it all, all yeah kind of stuff. yeah <laughs> um where this one this album is much more about bigger topics and weightier things in lots of ways but mm-hmm. i love that it, it kind of finishes on this high but this delusional high um never again mm. which is just her saying, i'm never going to be heartbroken ever again and all this kind of stuff yeah. and you're like fair play to you but yeah you're, you're robin you're talking, yeah. it's probably not going to happen in that way yeah um you know that's what she's traded in over the years and i kind of like that it ends on that delusional stuff um and i guess in the middle of the album it does kind of go in ways that maybe it loses its way a little bit um in terms of you know it's kind of Some of those songs in the middle feel a bit lightweight.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's not, there's not, it's not exactly like the most cohesive album as like an exploration of one topic. But the parts of the album where she does address grief and where she does address kind of, you know, pulling yourself back up and positivity are great. But if I'm talking about the album as a whole, it it doesn't, it's not, it's, it's not as good as kind of previous records, I guess, is, is okay. an important thing. Yeah. We
3: will <laughs> leave Robin to her. Um,
1: uh, I'm still going to go see her, like in Berlin, probably. <laughs> I still oh, love yeah. her. Um, I've but, been considering yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd
3: like to see her again. I was watching her SNL performances from the original time she was on it. And yeah. They're just mad. They're so good. Oh, she's insane. Like she's the, so good. The length she goes to perform are, are pretty insane. Uh, in terms of um, hip hop this year, how did you feel about hip hop? What was your favorite hip hop album of the year?
1: Hip hop this year was interesting because we're moving now it's not it's not a new thing anymore that hip hop is pop music. It's just sort of a given now. Yeah. So it's it's hard to pick, you know, best hip hop album without crossing over into best pop album. Um but for me it is a toss up between your album of the year which is the Black Panther Soundtrack and uh, Kids See Ghosts. Oh, okay. They're my two. Very
3: good. Um, Yeah, the Black Panther soundtrack was a surprising one for me. And I even felt weird about putting it at number one because of the nature of it. Mm. You know, it's essentially, but I justified it to myself. I I, I will say I found found it weird that I have not seen it on any other lists anywhere. Um, I
1: find that strange too.
3: Like, it's a Kendrick Lamar executive produced album. that's inspired by the film and uses some of the film's uh, tapestry. and
1: Yeah, I, I even feel weird calling it like a soundtrack. It's not a soundtrack. Like it's not. It's, it's
3: not on, like it's it, like music inspired by the film is that like bullshit marketing term that they yeah. use to like, oh, these songs aren't in the film, but they're inspired by it. Yeah. But this genuinely does feel inspired by it because there are like the Wakandan like tribal singers and all that kind of stuff mm. and the percussionists, they are in the album. There's stuff from the album and the idea of black identity and african identity and using um south african singers and rappers in the music alongside americans is totally um suited to the album's well, he's, themes. Uh, he's always or done films themes.
1: Yeah, he's always done that so well. He's uh, he's always had a really um interesting way of approaching the relationship between like african american people and africa and you know kind of themes of you know roots and i think that this album did did you like the film
3: Uh, i yeah for what it was i enjoyed the film yeah like it's it was just one of those it's nice to see a different perspective in a kind of superhero movie
1: yeah
3: and different cultures being represented and i guess that was the biggest thing about it i don't think it was the best film ever made yeah and best superhero film i've ever seen but it was Mm. really enjoyable um and it is one of those big films. So for this album to be released that's kind of totally um uh, goes beyond what it needs to do mm. to to be a release is just an indication of to me, like the kind of respect for craft that Kendrick Lamar sometimes has. Yes but he doesn't always have not always. He- I was
1: just about to say that he it would have been very easy for him to approach this the way he does with some of his kind of questionable guess verses. Uh, guess verses, Yeah. yeah like, like he, he could have released anything with this. Yeah, you know? totally.
3: He could have done anything, but yeah. he didn't. And
1: he could have just put his name on it and he didn't. And I think that there is a lot more value to be gained from, in, like in my, like I, I did really like the film for the reasons that you said, but not for it being a brilliant film. It, yeah. it was more to do a representation and just kind of a, a refreshing, uh, like something to, to see that we don't usually see, which was nice. But like if, if you take Black Panther out of the title of this album, it's, it's, it's just a brilliant
3: yeah it's something you can enjoy without having seen the film completely um and it doesn't have like dialogue from the film it does have like i said it does have some singing and some some tribal drums and stuff from the album but they just add add a bit of like otherworldly texture to it almost yeah and and it's not
1: it's not necessarily referencing the film as like it it's actually kind of it's the film and the album are referencing the same thing that exists outside the world. Yeah. So you don't you, you don't need to go to like the themes via the film. You can just listen to the album.
3: And another thing I should say about the album although it's not it's strictly album based but you know the videos that they made yeah for this album for like Kings Dead and uh, all the stars and what was the other one that was really really good? Um can't remember right now. Um but the Kings Dead video is so amazing. It's mm-hmm. like you know, they didn't have to go and do these things. And I just really admire that uh, a mainstream movie soundtrack, I'm using the air quotes again, Um, is goes to those lanes and makes really stunning, like amazing collaborative art. And yeah. that's, that's like the best thing you could ask for if you were releasing something like this. For sure. You know, Um, I just think it was really, really amazing. And uh, it's something I just kept coming back to. And I did. Honestly, I think there's only one bad song on it. Yeah. Uh, in well just one interlude so that doesn't count so 12 songs one okay song and that's it um and that's the the weekend's one that's the only one it, and it's fine yeah. it's fine it's a, kind of like a it's totally suitable like closing number on yeah. an album kind it's, of curtain it's closer. definitely the
1: worst song on the album yeah though.
3: yeah um but yeah that's the black panther soundtrack uh, a surprising like most listened to uh album i keep coming back to um. This year. Um. What else were we talking? Oh, yeah. So hip hop stuff. Cardi B's invasion of privacy. Um. I wouldn't say I'm mad on the whole thing, but I really like her, and I really like what she brought to 2018. Yeah. Um. And she did it while being pregnant and um, uh, having a kid and being just fucking mad. Yeah. Mad, mad cool, and mad, interesting, and like funny. Yeah. And uh, making some really cool bangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, drip, that song is one of those songs uh, I just put on a lot.
1: <laughs> I think this is going to be a year where we, like when, when you look back at this year, Cardi B is going to be a really big part of 2018's kind of cultural identity. Um, especially in terms of hip hop and especially in terms of like women in music, um, being able to kind of properly make it like absolutely shoot through the stratosphere um from really quite humble beginnings. Um and yeah, she's she's absolutely bonkers. Um whenever I see a news story about her, I'm like, oh God, please don't be awful. Please just be fine. She's not like she's she's problematic. Um to use that word again. To use that word word again. Like she's not entirely like she, <laughs> do you think She's problematic. What's problematic? Uh, uh, she's she's in the past said some um pretty like I I think oh I don't want to like lie about myself or anything, but I'm nearly certain that in the past she said some really transphobic stuff and um just kind of had a lack lack of awareness that she has like that that she is now influential and. I don't know. I I don't know if, if, if it's a case of like stuff being brought up from her past where she right. mightn't have had the right language to talk about things, but there's, there's a problematic element to her that I'm just aware of while I'm listening to her. But
3: mm,
0: I to,
1: to our discussion last week, it doesn't necessarily detract from my enjoyment of her music and just her as like a, as a pop star. Yeah. Um, I think, I think she's. As as a pop star, she's just what we need. She's like a palate cleanser. It's just like this. Here, here we haven't had anything like her. Like the closest yeah. we've had is Azealia Banks, but she's she's kind of shot in the other direction now, where she's just like <laughs> no one knows what on earth she's doing ever. Um so, if Cardi B keeps her head and her shoulders, and you know keeps keeps her head in the game, keeps making good tunes, I think she's going to be like. Twenty nineteen is going to be another massive year for her.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, other albums in term in the rap genre, I enjoyed this year. I actually did enjoy Astro World Travis Scott's album, but oh, I think overall it suffered from just too much. It okay, there's a lot going on, but it did make SICKO MODE, which was Drake's best song mm-hmm. of this year for sure. <laughs> Like Drake's best song is sick of mode um, of twenty eighteen, funny enough, even though he had twenty-five cracks at it elsewhere. Um the Vince Staples uh, twenty-two-minute album, FM, um was a really interesting, um uh, cool again proving that Vin Staples is one of the best rappers around.
1: Yeah. Um and I think that album suffered a little bit from a lack of Cohesion and direction, but you think? but him on it, like as an album, I wasn't you know bowled over. Again, I think he's done better work in the past, but his actual you know like his verses on it, like he's he's absolutely unbelievable, yeah. you know. And it's, it's I one think of it was those... it
3: wasn't intended to be like a huge big release from him, no, no. and was, that's why it was surprise released at the start of November. So in that context, like it really shouldn't be that good. Do you know what I mean yeah that's um, true yeah that's how I feel about it and uh, another album I listened to this year and I, I it was a new discovery for me was No Name from Chicago uh, and her yes. album Room 25 just beautiful record really really cool artist never really listened to her before uh, I think we missed I'm changing
1: my mind the No Name record is actually my favourite rap album of the year <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: there we go. Live on air. Um, we, yeah, it's just so beautiful. She, I love her style. I love the way that she has this like spoken word background that really comes through in her music. Uh, The music is beautiful. It's definitely inspired by um Chance the Rapper and all of his like gospel rap kind of style. Yeah. Um, but a really good jazzy live band are playing it, her music and, uh,
1: uh, She's just an absolute joy. Like she yeah. really is.
3: It's one of those like, yes, I want this person to succeed because yeah. they're doing everything on their own terms, and yeah. they're really good at it. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. Um. So that was an album that was surprised me this year. I think we missed. I think I missed her play here by about three weeks. Oh, she she. I think she played here like just a few weeks
1: before the album came out or something like oh, that. Oh no. Um. I think I did. You it. listen to her first record? No, I haven't listened to it yet. It's amazing it's absolutely you if 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 you like room 25 you'll love That'd the be first my Christmas
3: list my christmas uh, yeah playlist. your Christmas
1: listening definitely go back and listen to her first record and watch her um what's that lovely YouTube channel where they're all in the small room tiny desk Concert. Um, def, oh d- yeah, definitely go back. And that's really, that yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really good. There was
3: a lot of good uh, Tiny Desk concerts this year. Actually, yeah,
1: um, that's a different list. <laughs>
3: that'll, <laughs> yeah, that'll be for another, another time. Um, so I guess we can't really talk about hip hop without uh, the um MAGA hearted elephant in the room.
1: Oh. Is, <laughs> Oh, here you he come! <laughs> we
3: had five albums from uh, Kanye West this year in five weeks. Uh, five <laughs> Kanye West produced albums. There was Kitsy Ghost, Pusha T, um, Tiana Taylor, um, Kanye's own one, and Nas as well. Yeah. Um, so, out of those five, what holds up for you?
1: Kitsy Ghost, like. Give Hands. me a top give me a top
3: 5 in that one because uh, we know we talked like, about this on the podcast. Rank them. Yeah, why not? All right. On the spot.
1: I like them all for different reasons, but it will probably be like my personal list would be Kitsy Ghosts, Yay, T- Tiana Taylor, um Pusha T, Nas. Right. I think
3: mine would be Pusha T, Kitsy Ghosts, um Tiana Taylor, Kanye, then Nas.
1: Nas bottom for both those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a good record. No, uh, no.
3: A couple of good songs on it.
1: Where where did you put Again, Yay as p- your
3: third? My fourth. Your fourth. Yeah, I think I. I do really enjoy. I do. I I enjoyed the process of listening to it because it was just so different and strange. In it was a, in a moment. I think this year. Yeah, but I don't know dropped. if I want to go back to it an awful lot. And mm. there are definitely production on that album I enjoy, but I think the lyrics kind of put me off a lot of the times
1: I think for me like that's that's my second because it's the album that it's not, I'm not necessarily saying I, th- I think it's like the best of the five but it's the one that when it was released I was so in it I just lived in that album for the week or whatever until the next one was released and like when I think back to summer 2018 it's going to be like meeting up with my friends, talking about that record, having arguments with people about, like, you know, you know, people saying, oh, it's rubbish. And the first song on it is offensive and blah, 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 blah. And just having those like really big discussions. And for me, like a, a big release like that, that's what it should be about. It should be about... Yeah. That's the only thing you're talking about in the pub or in the beer garden or whatever, you know. It was certainly
3: the album that everyone wanted your opinion on and what you thought of it and uh, a lot of discussion around it, for sure.
1: Yeah, we got a Um, whole podcast episode out of it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Go back and listen to that. Um, And in terms of then, uh, like what I liked about all those albums as well, they were all very short.
2: Yes, seven tracks They were.
3: Um, and there was a few of those albums this year other than Drake uh, like the Vince Staples ones I mentioned uh, and my next record which is kind of comes under a couple of different categories it comes under like we talked about the concept or the concept of concept albums mm-hmm. um, concept albums making a return in some ways without being like the traditional idea of well you have to play a character and be all this stuff yeah, um, yeah. so Kojak's Deli Daydreams yeah. um, a short eight track, seven track, eight track album. I think one of the tracks is like just a spoken word. Yes. Bit outro yeah. kind of thing. Um Is my favorite Irish album of the year. Um And it counts as an album according to the Choice Music Prize this, this yeah, week. It's all right,
1: yeah, it's that Who changed
3: their rules yeah. to allow the album to be in, which is an interesting one. So that must Very mean. Very interesting. Knowing what I know about the Choice is that right about now, they are probably putting in their uh, results if they haven't already. Mm. Their top ten, so mm. ten judges are now putting in. So that could have been a direct, direct now, who, result. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Uh, I would say <laughs> right now. Um, I would say Kojak has a really good chance. I would yeah. also say Saint Sister has a really good chance okay. as well. Um,
1: My and, money is on Villagers. Villagers too
3: late. Too late release. No, no, no. I okay. think it's this year. It's, it's Oh, as long as it's, it's about, yeah. yeah uh,
1: my life. money will be on Villagers, but I think Kojak is in with a really good chance. I loved Kojak's re- record. Yeah. Absolutely So if you haven't heard it, it,
3: it's a concept record about a deli worker. Yeah. And um, it has like a, a fake Centra sticker on the front of the album. It's just um, so
1: good. And I
3: just remember from him being around a couple of years ago and him like bubbling under the transformation from where he's gone, where he started to where he's gone, is so impressive because music doesn't just live on its own as audio anymore. in In our world, it's mm-hmm. it's also uh, video. And Kevin Smith, who is Kojak, is well versed in making. Uh, videos really yeah, compelling he's filmmaker yeah as well and my god the videos that they released this year were just fantastic and uh really set the scene for the the delhi daydreams idea yeah um but also didn't at the same time there were there was a, a the video for date night which isn't on the album um which is just one of the best irish music videos i've seen in a long long time mm-hmm. um but the album is just a really solid um vulnerable um honest like kind of almost angry sometimes mm. um
1: but funny at times yeah, as yeah well. it's like, funny
3: it's it's kind of like it well I guess what we talked about last week about the idea of people taking on characters and embodying something like there's parts of that where he's like you know starting fights mm, with people mm. and you feel like because of the vulnerable side of the album um that you know He's showing you maybe a side that he has had in in real life, but maybe not. It could yeah. be it's like the frustration of being a deli worker, and yeah, all that comes with it, and like um,
1: it deals a lot with like things that we well, I I haven't really heard about in Irish music and in, in like anywhere else this year, like issues of classism and just kind of ju- just struggling, just like yeah, yeah. The, the the fact that there are so many Irish people now who are just stuck and struggling. They can't seem to get like their feet off the ground with whether it's a project or whatever it might be. And I think that's what kind of hit home with me so much is that, is that idea of exploring through the, through the kind of a week in the life of a deli worker, just seeing all of the different facets of what Dublin city is. Like it's funny, it's scary, it's got fights in it, it's also like grey crack. It's you taking, you too, also too,
3: taking too many drugs. Yeah, and, taking um, too
1: many drugs, dealing with like asshole guards who are like profiling you. Like there's just, there's so much there that when you listen to it as a Dubliner or as somebody who lives in Dublin, there there's, there isn't a moment on the album that you can't relate to, I think. like
3: yeah. it... What I really like about it is that, like, I keep coming back to the fact that, that he shows some vulnerability and he shows different sides in that as well. Mm. And he makes it feel very normalised as well, which yeah. is the way it should be. Mm. You know, like, especially with hip-hop in this country, oftentimes it's about, you know, um, aping somebody else or like, channelling somebody else or channelling another uh, style. Yeah. And I really feel like he's hit a place that you feel like is his authentic artistic self. Yeah. And his creative self that he's trying to actually express and he's not trying to put anything on. He's not putting on an accent. And mm. uh, I think it works really well. But
1: and I think as well it, it, it lends a lot of cr- credibility to like his authentic authenticity lends credibility to the the things that he's talking about in terms of like just not not overtly, but discussing things like men's mental health and the fact that, like here, here is a hip hop artist who is being very very open about being vulnerable and about not always having good days and about having feelings, and that's not that's not an everyday thing. And it's especially not an everyday thing in you know Irish hip hop because uh, Irish hip hop is you know, it's young and it's, yeah. it's getting to know itself. And I think that his voice is vital within it,
3: you know. And the other thing about the whole Kojak thing is that, you know, what they've actually done, um, cause Kojak isn't just Kojak really, it's mm-hmm. Keen Kavanagh who sings on, uh, Eviction Notice, who apparently has some new music out on Friday, um, and their label Softboy, and they've really created this, um, um, you know, even the name, Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's like soft boy, you know, people who like show their feelings Yeah, and they're actually, they're like, if we're talking about live gigs at all this year, their gig in the Button Factory was one of the best gigs I've seen all year. Oh, did you go? Easily. It yeah. was so cool. It was just like. That
1: was one of the biggest FOMO moments like, I've had.
3: And we haven't even talked about White Noise, the opening track that it mm. really just like every time it plays, it just gets me. Yeah. Um, and. I think there's a lot in it. Like yeah, it was just so good. They uh when they sat down on stools and uh, with a uh, glasses of wine and sang eviction notice and I was like, "All oh, right, these guys are a little bit different." Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I really like that about it. Um so why not we may as well it's we're 37 minutes into our podcast. Oh goodness gracious. Um, let's let's give you uh give our tongues a break yes. and uh, play a bit of uh Kojak. My heart in my
0: heart. I my love the, sun. the i meant to reach for my wallet. I'm meant to reach for my wallet. I put my pants through the wash. That keeps my cardio steady. And I've been doing that gym. shit thought I told you already. Must have been in a dream, I'm losing track of my thoughts. Put my pants back down, I put my heart to the wash. Put my heart to the wash Dream, deep, happy sleeper, waste myself for the dark.
2: Dream light, heavy heart Dream light, heavy Dream deep, heavy sleeper Waste my days, some would day, raise the brash thought To pack away these similes and set a light and blast off The past taught me one or two points of interest about myself What I like best about myself is I detest my fucking self most days I can't find the energy to dress my fucking self yet. Somehow in this mess of self indulgent petty hatred, I could still pick up a mic and rock a crowd and make them ape shit Still put pen to pad and draw the times when we were naked with a cripple packet, 20 Johnnies empty but a waste bin. Now you're just a memory of the text when I get wasted. Keep your number in my mind, but man, I really should've braced it. I really should've braced it. Our trace the your body on the bed sheets, try to think of how our voices sounded we friendly.
3: That's a bit of a flavor of Kojak um from his album Um Daydreams. Two tracks there you heard Eviction Notice with Keane Kavanaugh singing, and uh, Love and braggadocia um from the Deadly Daydreams album. Um what other Irish albums did you enjoy this year?
1: There was loads, wasn't there? Um I obviously loved the villagers album. I loved St. Sister's Album.
3: Yes, St. Sister's Album was great. Um, we
1: Cook m- Corners had a great record this year as well. Previous guests on the podcast. Yeah. Um, oh Emperor, I really enjoyed oh, um, yeah, their yeah. album.
3: A jazzy, psychedelic, post-weird rock Odyssey.
1: I've been listening to that a good bit this week actually. And
3: that was the album I was referring to when I said it was unburdened by expectation because yeah. they made it in three different sessions and it was, I don't know if they knew it was going to be their last album, but they made it without... Thinking too much about it basically yeah. and just going for it, and I really think it really uh benefits from the fact that they just made exactly what they wanted to make,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's definitely up there. Um, there was just loads this year. This year uh, was great for Ireland in terms of music. I, I really, really think- enjoyed
3: the Wyvern Lingo album. Uh, the Redneck Manifesto came back after eight years yeah. with the How, um, and they just again not just retread on on their old sound, just like kind of expanded it yet again. Mm. Um, Paddy Hanna had a really good album, Frankly I Mutate, um, where he's really become, talk about like transformations, an artist who's gone from, um, who would have maybe been uh, a, a divisive singer for a mm. lot of people in Grand Pocket Orchestra. He's now come this, like Scott Walker is something that, uh, the artist that people keep comparing him to, mm. this like orchestral lush, Classic singer songwriter, um, which uh, you didn't see coming. Um, Jay Coleran, aka Mott's, formerly known as Mott's, did a really nice ambient album, um, called Gardenia. Um, Reggie Snow, um, less successful oh, yeah. than Kojak, um, in terms of, um, but I don't know, really
1: good album though.
3: It's good, it's, it's, uh, I really liked it. It does suffer from too many ideas and him, his skits being like kind of eye rolly
1: some of them worked. Not Shad, all of out them. Shadow to
3: France. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> stuff
3: like that. Um, David Kitt had a, had a first, uh, album, in, uh, maybe eight years as well. Um, uh, use, uh, which is his, uh, break from new Jackson back to his singer songwriter days and actually has a couple of, uh, one song from new Jackson, um, uh, reinterpreted and arranged for uh, a kind of an acoustic singer songwriter vibe and a uh, cover of Fever Street Fever Raised Keep the Streets Empty For Me mm. um, uh,
1: Lisa O'Neill's record I was really really taken by um, I forgot about it until now <laughs> um, yes. really really loved that um, uh heard a Long Gone Song is the name of it and I believe we reviewed it at some stage we earlier. talked about it yeah yes. at one point um, um,
3: not my favourite album from hers but because I think it's just it's a real like unadorned trad album
1: um, that's what I love about it Yeah, see, um, it's probably
3: not what I would go to
1: yeah on, on well I'm not I'm not really a, like a big trad person um, I, I like and appreciate trad I just think I spent too many years studying it in college um, but oh. this was like a <laughs> did
0: you I hear did. that did you hear that listener she studied yeah. trad in college. she
1: went to college <laughs> Um, The Galaxy had a good album this year?
3: Yeah, probably not their best album overall, but um definitely in case of a new energy for the band with May Kay being on board. Yeah, I, re- I, think I really their like next the addition is of, what I'm really going to like yeah. um, when they all get in a room together and make the music. Um
1: and they've been touring. Yeah, they've been touring extensively. So um I'm I'm excited for more more yeah. from them.
3: Um there were other albums from um Spies who released their debut album finally, and there's only a few weeks ago really, but uh some fantastic songs on that. Yeah. Um there was an album from a Dundalk band called Just Mustard who did a kind of shoegazy post rock.
1: I haven't heard that.
3: One of the bands I've seen at um both the voices, mm-hmm. and I have to say, they're even better live. Really, they are okay. even better live. It was listen. one of those like low bass rumbles in in a venue that you're like, how are they doing that? Is um, <laughs> <Does> that hurt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this hurting me? Yeah. Uh, it was really good. It was like a really nice sonic assault. Um, there were some good albums from also from Dundalk. Um, Elephant as well, very different album from his previous work. Uh, much more eyed and electronic and textured. Mm. Um. Laurie Shaw is an artist that we've talked about I don't know on the podcast before But um, he's based in Cork Released four albums this year
1: Oh yeah um,
3: And turns out one of them is very good I haven't actually heard all of the four <laughs> of them uh, Year Zero is the one that so I So at enjoyed. least one
1: of them is very good
3: Well yeah because I can't. I haven't had a chance to listen to yeah. four albums He's actually released five if you count a side project mm. I think there's something Some mad number of albums he's released And he's only 24, 23 yeah. um, Like Making the rest 70 of the albums. Bad, He's made 70 albums in his lifetime. Yeah. Um, I know that counts.
1: Some of them you have to email him for. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> um,
3: there was uh, also a nice album that I heard this year, um, uh, which was a reissue, actually, um, called uh, Queer Groove. So, okay. in terms of. Reissues? Did you have a, a a favorite reissue? So Queer Grooves is actually if you go back and listen to the very first podcast we did it around this time last no, it was it was January? It must have been January. Um a really great like collection of early uh late 70s, early 80s Irish uh post punk and groove music. Mm. And it's very cool and kind of almost disco stuff on it as well. Apparently there's a volume two coming that came out on All City Records. If you're looking for a Christmas present for anyone, yeah, and they're into their obscure music or strange, or they, you think they won't have this, go to All City and get a copy of Queer Grooves. Um, definitely worth having. And we interviewed um John Byrne, who does uh who put the compilation together. Um, about uh, back in January, you saw on the podcast. Um, very good music, very cool. interesting, and kind of surprising because like. Oh, I didn't know Irish people made disco music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, good. Yeah. It's really good.
1: That's the nice thing about uh, Ireland at the moment. We're we're sort of like our our music, uh the the music tastes of the musicians, like parents and grandparents and stuff are all like really, really coming in to like collaborate with the artists that are actually making music right now. So we've got yeah. all of this mad stuff happening, which is just deadly Um in terms of reissues for me it's got to be the Carsi headrest twin fantasy uh, sort of reimagining of the album um it's such out. a
3: weird idea but i love it it's i like, love it was, it's like we've, we've had remastered films or like you know like spe- uh, george lucas ruining star wars by putting things in that he couldn't put in, in the first place yeah but it's kind of that idea of like oh i made my 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 famous album, or my my breakthrough album, on my whatever four track at home, yeah. And now I have access to a studio. What would it sound like now?
1: Exactly, that's oh. exactly it, and it sounds great. Um, so it is a a remastering, reimagining, like a lot of it re-recorded, um, version of the original kind of bandcamp album that he had um put out. It's one of my favorite albums, um. Ever, I think, uh, was, well, at, at the time, the original one just felt like it was, when I discovered it, it was, I, I think I, I talked about it when I talked about it on the podcast before. Um Carsey Headrest was one of those artists that when I discovered it, it was like he he was mine and no one else knew about him. So I felt really protective. Um So now kind of hearing this kind of re- reimagined uh sound and just better um was really exciting and I got very very excited about it when it came out and then it came out and it was great and yeah very very good <laughs> yeah
3: it was a really interesting release um I wasn't a massive fan but um I really appreciated that he did that yeah and, yeah uh, it was it's of. it's an interesting thing to do to listen to them back I think
1: more camp. artists should do it especially those kind of early like band camp you know block. yeah because it
3: was one of those like band camp releases right? for sure uh, yeah yeah, yeah. And I think that just shows that um he really appreciates must still like his own music. Yeah. And it hasn't gone past that. Because I think that's what happens with a lot of artists. They were like, oh no, that was in the past. I can't go back at that one. Yeah. Must be actually genuinely happy. Because he's
1: with that sort one. of he's he's grown that sound um a lot and but he's he's still very much stuck to what he's good at, which is really good kind of guitar music um yeah. that has a bit of heart and has a bit of bite. Um and, yeah, I just really, I was really, really excited when he released that again this year. So. We'll stick it on that
3: guitar team for a second. Um, uh, what was your favorite uh, kind of alternative or rock album this year?
1: Um, oh, you go first. Let me have a think.
3: Um, I would probably say mine is um, Fantastic Furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, a little release that came out by Julia Jacqueline and Friends. I didn't really hear much about it afterwards. But just one of those, like really good, um, guitar albums made in a basement in Australia in Sydney. Um,
1: I was a big fan too. Really, it had
3: one of my favorite songs of the year on it, Mm. um, uh, called "Fucking and Rolling," Um, and that sounded a bit like this. That's a brief flavour of Fantastic Furniture with fucking and rolling from their album Fantastic Furniture, uh, an album that I really enjoyed this year. And, and they're they well?
1: really fun on Instagram. I follow them Are on they? Instagram. Yeah, they're just like just a bunch of gals making music. Good fun. music videos, as well, like yeah, do, like yeah.
3: cheap good music videos and I think that's like people having fun mm. really hard thing to do mm. but it's them um, like hanging around on the street and making yeah. like oh that's a good video <laughs>
1: yeah it's like a really kind of youthful vibe should, should to it it. work
3: um but it does uh it does. there's there were albums that were very acclaimed this year from uh, a band well actually maybe it's the band themselves uh Idols and Shame those two particular bands um who I didn't really get but I've mm-hmm. heard live is where it's at with them. And mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance to see either of them yet. Um, but it is funny because, you know, uh, there are a few bands that have arrived in terms of uh, Ireland this year, like the Murder Capital and Fontaine's DC, who have been on that similar train and have been definitely put into the same category. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's a PR thing. Maybe not. Um, but they are bands that are trending and doing quite well. And touring with these bands, Idols and Shame, around the world. Um. So the interesting thing to note. I personally, I don't really get the idols thing much in terms of like listening to the album, but okay. I think I would enjoy it live. Mm. I think I feel like that with a lot of that kind of stuff. It can be. Oh yeah, it'd it be. And I it looks like I've been talking to people who went to the gig recently in Button Factory and said it was just so cool and amazing and yeah. like really good buzz. I just don't know if it's for me otherwise. You know. Mm. Um.
1: But that's what, it. That's, what uh, albums were you? Um. Disappointed by Oh okay year. What um, did you want To be really good And just wasn't I
3: have three in mind Okay Albums that were, I was Disappointed by uh, The first one Is Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer
1: Oh Hot take I really love Janelle Monae Because um, that's That's quite An acclaimed album I know This year Yeah, yeah. I'm
3: really like, it's, it's like the Mitski thing I'm just like I don't understand why I don't like this, but I just don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. And on the surface, there's like the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's a musical thing. It's like, I just, I love uh, Make You, uh, Make You, Way You Make Me Feel. um, That song on it. And I love a couple of others on it. But generally speaking, I'm just like not on board with the music. Okay. And the music is the vehicle that makes everything go down. And I just struggled
1: with it this year. I really, really liked it. I was a big fan.
3: I think I just yeah. I don't know. I just like I really wanted to like this, but it's not didn't happen.
1: That's fine at all for me. That's okay. <laughs> there's no judgment. It is okay on it is the okay. Nine O Nine podcast. There's no you judgment. Can, yeah.
3: Um, I was also disappointed by the Anderson Pack record a little bit, even though I've and I think that's mostly because of the blowjob skit on it, and because I have such a high opinion of Anderson Pack. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was pretty there, disappointed with the. There are good songs record? on it. Yeah, and apparently there's another album coming that won't have uh, Dr. Dre's big bear hook all over So <laughs> hopefully that'll be the one. And the other album I was really looking forward to that just completely fell by the wayside after I heard it was um, The Blaze's debut album. Um, a band who were, again, talking about music videos, had created this amazing multimedia, multifaceted um, project um, and played live uh, I'd Like to be and Prima Bear this year. But who just failed on a debut on full link to um, capture the vibe without repeating themselves and making their formula very very obvious? Mm-hmm. Um, so very disappointed with the blaze album. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really wanted it to be one of the best. Um, this year, so I think that's what most disappointing is—is is like the albums that you really wanted to like and then you didn't. Yeah, and you're like, ah,
1: why not? I know. I was like that with Empress of. Um, and I I wanted to love that record so much. Like when when I'm with him, is one of my favorite songs of the year. I absolutely like. I played that song to death when it was released prior to the album, and then I listened to the album, and I was like, I I want to connect with this so much, and I just I can't seem to be able to. It's like what you were saying with Mitski. There's just like a like a pane of glass between me and whatever the emotional. Output of the album yeah. is, I just couldn't connect to it and I was really disappointed. Um, I'd be
3: interested in having you listen to her first album and see what you think. I
1: haven't, I haven't listened to the of. first album, so I will do that. I think, think it's a that. better album, actually, okay. overall.
3: Um, I think it's better overall. I yeah. think, but I'd have to go back and listen to them both. Yeah. Of them.
1: Um, But I I wanted to love it so much. I was so ready. I was so hyped for it after when I'm with him because really that is a stunning song. Um, The Song Exploder episode of that, uh, that episode of Song Exploder is really, really good and made me love the song even more as well. Um, My other big disappointment of the year was The Carters. What the hell? (laughs) What happened? Like that was, oh, it should have even... I was disappointed with that record for so many reasons, not least that there was just nothing interesting to talk about around it. Like when Beyonce does anything, I am there, I'm front and center ready to with my like pen and paper, ready to write the think piece, you know, but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't find anything interesting in it at all. And it was one of the most forgettable records of the year and I'm actually surprised I remembered
3: it <laughs> yeah like it wasn't great We no. actually we actually did a podcast about it that we
1: didn't record that was one of the that's last, how that's, how, forgettable that's it was. how bad it was yeah it
3: was on <laughs> the, the pod, last podcast not, not even our recording equipment could actually keep up and was like oh lads I'm just yeah I'm
1: done with yeah this. I don't but I'm pretty it. sure the conversation was just that like what, what there's nothing to well, say well if like, I remember
3: correctly what we talked about was that um we were just it was just like them Flashing their cash mm. and saying how much stuff they have, and it was so a lot about material, um, goods. I'm like, yeah, what?
1: Yeah, like, like for. I don't. Mi-
3: I don't mind music that's like braggadocious for the hell of it, or I hate the word braggadocious, but like, yeah, it, I yeah, you know, I know like, what you mean. um, but like it uses like is embodies that because you know aspirational, whatever, insta life, whatever the fuck you want to call it, about it. but um, it is it it is. Bit vapid, it's a vapid, it, album. Is. it doesn't it have is. anything to say, and it, it is kind of them closing off their oh, well, we're back together chapter yeah. as in a real, like, calculated way. I do say, I will say, I like Ape Shit a lot, yeah. So still, I would go back for that, and I'll back for that song. I think it's just one of those songs. Me, I like. too.
1: It's, it's a good song. They made a video
3: in the Louvre, why not?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, the, yeah, the video is insane, I really like it, but like, considering. Like, I've been kind of done with Jay-Z for a little while now. Well, um, if
3: anything, this album just uh, makes clear that Beyonce is the really talented one now. Yes, and absolutely. Jay-Z has completely fallen, by the way. So absolutely. Terms of, like, it's, like, she raps better than him on that
0: album.
1: She does, yeah. Like, and, th- and that's another thing. It's like, this is w- like probably the first instance where we actually get to hear her rapping, uh, which I've been so excited for for a really long time. And I don't know, to follow up Lemonade where this was so, so disappointing. Um, like Le- Lemonade, I could, t- I could talk about that album for the rest of my life and not take a breath. Um, but this was just not not interested. Uh, another disappointing album, Christine and the Queens, didn't get it.
3: Um, yeah, I, I understand what you mean from that because I was initially disappointed. I have, um, I think it's just the high expectations I had for it. Mm. But, um, I don't think...
1: I don't think it's bad. I was just disappointed.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm just think the entire um album of like 80s synth pop, boogie funk isn't really the look that she sh- doesn't suit her totally. Mm. Um, But there are songs I really love on that. Like Girlfriend mm. is my one of my favorite songs of the year easily.
1: Mm.
3: And there are other songs on that that I really enjoy for sure.
1: Do you think um, would it, would it, would I change my mind if I went back and listened to it again?
3: I don't think you would massively. It's mm. not like it's not life changing, and it's not. Mm. It's an interesting, um, sometimes cool album, but I think it suffers from being too similar in terms of its palette a lot of the time. Yeah, it just feels. I feel like, like it I, I, I can get
1: what I get from that album elsewhere done better. Yeah, do you know? Well, it's just like
3: the the magic of when her first album and I think that's the, it's the rare second album this year that uh, I heard that I was like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, but I do enjoy it still. I do mm. go back to it um, and I have been listening to it a lot. I put it on my top 40 list in the end because it was one that I listened to a lot um, and one that I find enjoyment from. Mm-hmm. So that's all you can say. That's,
1: uh, Ash, that's oh, all we can hope for, isn't it?
3: What about the flip side in terms of most underappreciated albums this year?
1: Um, so I think for me, uh, it's going to be very, t- it's like typical, like, oh, these, these white guys with guitars don't get enough, don't get enough, like, um, but I think Father John Misty's album from this year was amazing. She and says
3: with a sticker on her on her <laughs> laptop of Father
1: John Misty. Like it's, it's no secret that I'm a massive, massive Father John Misty fan, but his album came out to kind of very little fanfare. Um, Do you think people have got, got a bit sick of him? That's what I, right. So what I think happened was Pure Comedy came out two years ago and it was, you know, a challenging listen and it divided people and... But generally, the consensus was that it was a really, really good record. I adore that record. And then I think with God's Favourite Customer, it came out to kind of similar conversations. So I think people were going into it already sick of talking about Father John Misty as a character, Father John Misty as, you know, being a... Like somebody who critiques pop culture and who critiques our relationship with social media and with the internet and blah, blah, blah. So I think it suffered from hype initially because people were already sick of talking about those kind of things. But the album itself is really, really, really good. Um,
3: I would enjoy this album more than I enjoyed pure comedy. Really? Yeah. Okay. But I do find like some problematic sure. uh, things in there about like you know essentially <laughs> about going to stay in a hotel and then be like oh it's okay honey I'm fine now come and get me it was like mm-hmm. mm, okay um there are parts of that where I'm like I'm not sure if I'm feel comfortable with but that's okay you know that's okay as well because mm. like if I've learned anything from our last week's podcast is that you take things on on their individual terms and yeah. you judge things on but like he's always had that but it just feels like it's a disappointment to to have in a way like this he had a, such a beautiful album with I Love You Honey Bear. And, yeah and and then it's just like come crashing down. But
1: I don't think that you can do I Love You Honey Bear twice. Like I think No, I don't want him to do that. Yeah either, I think that, that kind of vulnerability in an artist like him is, you know, that's he's he's an artist that really does write about what's going on around him, whether that's him falling in love or falling out of love or becoming completely disenfranchised and disenchanted with, you know, being a rock star now and with our relationships with like online culture. And I think he, he, he's an artist that just responds to immediacy, like responds to whatever's going on around him. So that with, with this record, I felt like it was a lot more, there were moments on it that were a lot more, introverted and inward looking that I don't think I've seen since I Love You Honey Bear um that I was really surprised and taken by um I I don't think it's his best album by any means um I Love You Honey Bear is still my favorite of his um and I think pure comedy is a masterpiece um and this is neither of those two things but I think that it was wrongfully sort of um pushed aside by people who were already sick of the Father John Misty conversation as opposed to being sick of Father John Misty's music.
3: I don't think he helped himself by um in in his demeanor, but I think mm-hmm. a lot about uh, some of the blame for that might rest on the fact that he became headlines for a lot of yeah um, you know pitchfork for example. Oh he's he's like, so you know, easy
1: to write a a headline for, you know.
3: He he became clickbait for a lot yeah. of people,
1: um, Yeah. Yeah. An
3: interesting thing to do. And consider. that's a problem
1: with a lot of artists, not just yeah. um, not just Josh, but it's like oh Josh. It's Josh. oh yeah. Oh no, we are very much on first same terms. Um <laughs> I spent 16 hours with him this year, and apparently the pleasure was all his, according oh, right. to Spotify. Oh, <laughs> so yes. um, um so yeah, right. he he'd be one of my underrated albums. Another one was an album by a guy called Matt Maltese. Oh
3: yeah, Matt Maltese I forgot about him.
1: Um really, really stunning record. Was that his debut? Because I think if it, it was, was yeah. that will be my best debut of the year. Um I was really, really taken um by by that record and reminded of it through conversation through thinking about Father John Misty, because it is really that kind of um, smarmy sort of character-driven um tone to it and his voice is so stunning it's such a confident record um i think it deserved a lot more hype than it got in the end um and i'd love to see it live as well i yeah that was a really really good record
3: yeah very good um he did play in the workman's didn't he he did and i missed it yeah um i can give you two underappreciated albums both which feature in my top 40 so you know, for me, not know, under bridgehead. Uh, the first one is by uh, an artist called Caroline Rose from New York, uh, released her second album called Loner. Earlier this year, uh, it was described as a sprite, sprightly angsty pop burrito. Um, it's kind burrito. of like a fun um, indie rock surf music, dark edge album of manic and millennial pop music um, that... I just really enjoyed and didn't hear much about it. She did an NPR time desk concert I think before the album came out. Um, Possibly for her first album actually now I think of it. But um, it's just one of the an example of an artist who's kind of like embraced something that she wasn't before. She was kind of this uh, more folky rock uh, vibe before and then she's mm. kind of really embracing these bigger themes and bigger textures and I think You've, see, you've seen artists like St. Vincent In terms of American rock and Mitski for example Take on uh, larger uh, More ambitious things In in recent years mm. Not saying Carolyn Rose is going to do the same thing But it's an example of uh, A really interesting growth in an artist That uh, I really enjoyed And uh, yeah. I'll give you a quick flavour of One of the songs from her album This is called Genie Becomes a Mom mm. Is a flavour of Caroline Rose from her album uh, Loner. Um, the other underappreciated album that I uh, really enjoyed this year, it's kind of more of a personal thing I think. Uh, it is not album I really enjoyed but uh, they're from Norway and um, they're called Hubba Bubba Club. Oh yes. I like saying that name.
1: You do. Um, I think,
3: <laughs> so the context of this is that I think I heard a song four years ago and I play it a lot of DJing and then kept missing the fact that they were releasing vinyl and because their music isn't really on Spotify. And I kept like, oh, crap, because they're from Norway. I was like, I missed that they released a seven-inch or I missed they released something. And then this year they decided to release an album. And I was like, I just really enjoyed it. It's kind of sticking with um, the Norwegian identity of making interesting, fun synth pop Mm -hmm. and synth disco. It's that kind of vibe. Um, So this is just a very quick flavour of them. This is the song Moped Bart, which I didn't put on my end of year list because I think it's been on my end of year list before. Okay. Um, But it's on the album and it's kind of, if you like this, you'll like the album. That is Hubba Bubba Club, a band from uh, Norway and their album is called Drummin' Drummin' Drummer. So you can check that out. Say on- that all together. Drummin' Drummin' Drummer by Hubba Bubba Club. <laughs> um, on Snorkel Records. Not making this up. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is real music. Real um, very
3: good. I have it on vinyl now. Very happy about it. been re- I was actually been thinking about buying that song on vinyl. It was on 7-inch. And I look at discogs every now and again. And it's like... It's 75 quid. It's 85 quid. Oh, I can't
1: do it. Yeah. So now I have it. There
3: you go. But I have it under 12 in, so technicality. I still have it though. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's All t- you music purists out <laughs> yeah. there, he has it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I can still play.
3: <laughs> um, we wanted to talk a bit about jazz music this year because there's been a lot of really good jazz um, out there in the world. Um, yeah. I'm not a big jazz head myself. But uh, Kamasi Washington is an artist that everyone seems to love. I can't get into it, really. But I love that song that's on a Street Fighter. Yeah, Maz, I love that song. Yeah, um, but I just find it a bit extra. It's all a bit <laughs> extra.
1: But jazz is extra, know, right? Exactly. It's, it
3: jazz is by its The nature point of extra. jazz
1: is that there's like way too much of it going on at one time. Well, for me anyway. Um It's but, one of those
3: things that you I would go see live, but I wouldn't really just do it at home.
1: Sure. Yeah. And that's completely fair with jazz because it's sort of it's it started out as a live experience and I had to be there and hear something that you'll hear and you'll never hear it again, sort of thing. Yeah, like
3: one of the only jazz albums I really, really like is like Miles Davis on the corner. You know, I've like,
1: got I've got jazz albums for you. I'll, I'll wow. make you I'll that make would, you a that'll playlist.
3: That'll be next year. Um, extra content.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, so for me, it was for me and a lot of jazz fans. It was a massive year because we got some new Coltrane, um, which you don't often get to say, uh, not least in twenty eighteen. But yeah, both both directions at once. The loss album, um, was released, um this year, uh, which was a collection of recordings made in 1963 uh, during Coltrane's classic quartet uh, period. So it's, it's a, it's a live studio recording um, of one of those sessions. And it's just such an absolute joy, A, to have, you know, new Coltrane music and B, to hear, to hear it kind of so raw and so in the moment like one of my favorite things about the album is that you can hear uh at the beginning of some of the recordings like okay take 1 and then it goes and then you you're hearing this and you it, it just has this amazing kind of uh transporting quality to it where you 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 really do feel like you're sitting in the corner of the room listening to it um and for for fans of John Coltrane it was such a massive thing um to be able to kind of hear this and to hear the the like the ultimate quartet um of uh Jimmy Jimmy Garrison Elvin Jones McCoy Tyner and John himself just in such a raw and creative and experimental atmosphere from 1963 to now and it's yeah um one of my Overall albums of the year for sure. Right, that sounds
3: amazing if you're into it. Absolutely, yes. you know, it like, That sounds really bad. <laughs> <laughs> is amazing, really. but like if, 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 if you're into
1: that kind it's of like thing, a, you know.
3: But like a, a lost recording that is actually yeah totally worth your time for sure. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like you know we've had so many like Prince releases and stuff this mm. year. Like not that many, but like enough to be like, do we really need these?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Whereas this is like if if you're if you're a Coltrane fan. Um, it'll take a while, but it's it's likely that you've devoured everything that he's done, ev- everything that he's appeared on, every different variation of every song. So to have something that's so different is just is incredibly exciting. And to have it be excellent as well is just, you know, a, a really lovely bonus. So that's my jazz album of the year for sure.
3: Great. If you would have told me at the end of the start of 2018, I would have finished the year by listening to an album from a Spanish flamenco artist. I would have said Codswallop or something more suitable. Codswallop. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was something that happened in the last few weeks even, really. Uh, Rosalia, the flamenco artist, um, released an album called El Malquera." I'm um, probably pronouncing that wrong, but hey, I'm not Spanish, so it's cool. Um
1: And you were really taken by this album. I was. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It's so
3: good. It's my second favorite album of the year. Yeah. Um It's a mix of flamenco, pop music, R&B. It interpolates, with his blessing, I would say, Um, I should say, uh, Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake in the album. Yeah. There is um, Motorcycle Rev engines used as rhythms. There is high drama, high flamenco drama, lots of hand claps um, and just really good pop music. And uh, yeah, I would urge you to check it out. Here is a very quick listen to one of the songs from her album. This is from Rosalia. (laughs)
0: Rosalia. Okay, baby.
3: Alia, stopped that very quickly, but uh, (laughs) only because I want to talk about it, Um, it was produced by El Guincho, who is a Barcelona producer um, who you may know from his own albums, uh, had much acclaim in the blog world over the years and uh, just a really great album, very different and it feels like a big surprise that I'm listening to this. Yeah, um, and I love that it exists, and I'm uh, waiting for my copy on vinyl to arrive.
1: Excellent. Um, Are you going to go and try to discover more traditional flamenco music
3: now? Uh, no, I don't think okay, so. That's um, fine. <laughs> but I, there's an intensity to what she does—a drama. What she does, she brings the the flamenco is an old craft, obviously. Yeah. So, but she brings that into a modern context, and I think some of my favorite music does that. Yeah, it always it brings old music into a new context, or it brings different light to. Um, an old topic um, sure. Or an old sound And some of my favourite music does that That is Rosalia The album is called El Malquera Did you have a surprising album this year?
1: Um, Like an album that I didn't expect to yeah. Love that much I don't know if I did Like most of my list is kind of Like Released like second or third or fourth albums From people that I already love um, there wasn't a whole lot that took me completely by surprise. I was surprised to enjoy the Arctic Monkeys album as much as I did.
3: Ah, we get there. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, we land um, there. We um, <laughs> we have landed on the moon. Yeah, because uh, we like I I adored the Arctic Monkeys, and um, there was obviously you know those couple of records in the middle there that most people couldn't do without. Um, but I I loved their return with AM and this. It, it was one of those things where I, I, I was ready for the hype to be too much. And then the day when it came out, I was just like, no, I love this. I absolutely love this. And I was surprised by that.
3: I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, And I really, I just thought it was done so well. And if you're not a huge RT Monkey's fan like I am, you're, pro- you might hate it. Yeah, and a lot of people seem to. Yeah, um, and they ha- seem to have kind of adapted to that in terms of their live gigs mm. and not played as much of this. Or certainly, if they have, they've played the big songs. Sure. as In between, um, so people don't get bored <laughs> because yeah. it is kind of mid tempo. Um, in lots of ways, it's kind of a like a concept album about a hotel mm-hmm. on the moon and and a guy who, uh, um, I don't know kind of does a lounge. Act thing, yeah, in, and in, a, in this hotel on the moon, trying community base uh, hotel and casino.
1: I think that he's it, it. It points to a real kind of maturity in the lyricism of the Arctic Monkeys. Like it's not like I I've always loved their lyrics, but it's not that kind of you know immediate neighborhood topics of their first record.
3: And that is why people have given uh, had a backlash. Against I think that's this, why people didn't like. like oh, it he's gone too far in terms of like uh, it is pretentious for sure.
0: Completely
1: because
3: he's referencing films that no one can even get. Yeah, um, you can't find them on the internet. He's yeah. Like, um, but I but I
1: I love it. Like I'm a Father John Misty fan. I'm obviously going to eat this <laughs> shit up. Like I I absolutely love it. Um, I it think it's unfair for- to
3: ask an artist to stay in their lane um, when they no longer live there, and maybe that's a problem with um, getting successful and fame and not living in Sheffield anymore. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't lived in Sheffield for a long, long time. Like,
1: I, I I, wouldn't like to hear them, I wouldn't like to hear Alex Turner singing about living in Sheffield because he, it it would be inauthentic and it wouldn't yeah. reflect what his current kind of creative and musical state is.
3: But I do have a question for you about this album. Do you mm. think this is the Alex Turner show?
1: Um, I want to say, right. No, but... I could have done with more foregrounding of the drummer. I miss. I miss what they are. I. I miss that the Arctic Monkeys used to be a band where you're listening to the percussion a lot more than you are now. Yeah. Um. But no. I. I, I don't think so. I think that he. He. As. As a front man, has. Has taken on that role really really well. And along with that comes kind of accusations of it being only about him. But the band are as tight now, like as tight sounding now as they ever have been. And
3: I think it's a beautifully arranged record. Yeah, me too. Know.
1: Yeah. And I don't think that's all him. It's, it's, it, it points to a band that are 100% behind this new direction and yeah. this new sound.
3: Did you enjoy uh, the Beach House album this year? I don't remember if I'd listened to it. <laughs> um, sorry. I was kind of okay about it, I okay. think. It was all right. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people talked, it was, talked about it as if it was a rejuvenation of their sound. And it's a bit different, but I don't feel like it was different enough for me to
1: be... Yeah. I feel like I listened to the singles, but I don't know if I did an in-depth listen to the album.
3: Another album that actually surprised me this year, <clears throat> because I wasn't expecting it, and I don't think anyone was expecting um It's so experimental and so different and so... Uh, it's almost difficult to listen to, but it's um it's very suitable for twenty eighteen. Mm. Is Lowe's album Double Negative um a really experimental, textured, uh, corrosive, um almost industrial rock album that uh, is is really dystopian but also quite hopeful in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting record and uh, definitely one of the most unique records from a band that have been around a long, long time. Mm. Definitely sounds like something that sits on its own and you could listen to without knowing the band in any way. Um, double negative below. Yeah. Really, really good album.
1: I feel that precise way about John Hopkins release uh, from this year as well. Um, that it is a very good entry point into his work while also being a really lovely experimental, um, and quite, um, quite, really quite beautiful, um, record yeah i i I was that it was actually a bit of a surprising one for me um i wouldn't have necessarily sought it out um but i was reviewing it for um Another podcast, actually. I'm sorry. Um, what, what podcast? Was that? Uh, it was it was the Neither Nine podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was uh, it was no encore, um, and it was Dahi's pick, obviously, because um, Dahi's a massive fan, and it was great to actually chat with him about it because I got a lot out of hearing somebody who's very influenced by John Hopkins. I got a lot out of kind of hearing about why that is so that that was a crazy
3: crazy amount of production on that album yeah Yeah. it was a really good resident advisor i think interview with how his process and Mm. how he makes his music and it's so insane i can't even understand it yeah oh right yeah (laughs) yeah i'll
1: never get there such a (laughs) just even understanding it's hard enough you know Um, yeah
3: he is one in uh a rare gem, uh, John Hopkins. He, mm. he goes to places and makes music that most people cannot. It also provided some of my best live experiences this year yes. at Primavera and Body and Soul and uh, in Vicar Street as well, even though he suffered with the, the lights. And oh, the, yes, yes. Or the visuals not working, but mm-hmm. uh, really, really amazing. Um, it's funny, I've been playing a lot of his old stuff recently mm. just because that's what happens sometimes. Um, open Eye Signal. <laughs> I got to play it in in Dingle a lot of voices when I was DJing, and it was like, "Yes, yeah, that's kind of always a treat if you get to play something like that in a club where it's just like, it's like somebody filling your mouth with with a." Uh, with water and you're just like, you have to hold it for six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's like. It's yeah. just like this massive, like that never releases. And then it just, it doesn't really release, but it releases in such a beautiful way. Same with a lot of the music, certainly uh, the less ambient stuff on this album, uh, the bigger stuff, like one mm. um, of the songs um, called that I can't remember now from Zingarie, the biggest ones. Oh, I can't um, remember either.
1: I'm yeah. so bad with song names. I but just um, check
3: here. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. So, Singularity actually did the title track, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Emerald Rush, uh, as well. And the album kind of does um, go back into a more ambient thing. Uh, another ambient album I enjoyed this year was Leon Vinehall's Everything Is Still, a surprising album for him because he released a lot of dance music before. It's his debut album proper, um, and it's inspired by uh, his grandparents' trip. Uh, emigration from the UK to New York in the 60s I believe mm. um, and a really beautiful album a lot of jazz percussion and, and instrumentation on it which was a surprise for him mm. um, and just a really beautiful album I really like, nice. and one of those albums I put on a lot when I needed to relax
1: a unwind. Bit. unwind or yeah. chill on yeah. a,
3: and uh, it is a really nice record for that. Same with the album from Rival Consoles, Persona, another one of those that I put on in the background or like at quieter moments. Yes. Did you have any other, any quiet moment albums this year?
1: Um, I, no, (laughs) none that I... None that were released this year, okay. I don't think. Um,
3: well, that's it. Like, I think I think when I go home a lot of time, because I work uh, and in music, primarily I listen to a lot of music by day. Yeah. So when I go home at nighttime, sometimes I listen to very gentle music. Yeah. So the music I've been listening to as well as that has been stuff uh, that I didn't really get to listen to when it came out, uh, like Julia Jacqueline. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers uh, who I confuse a lot mm. Julia Jackman who we mentioned is in a Fantastic Furniture but her solo project, much yeah. more kind of folk based um, and Julia um, Phoebe Bridgers as well who was also in a really good band with Lucy Dawkins and Julian Baker uh, called Boy Genius who released a really good EP and one of my favourite songs this year Me and My Dog Yeah, well worth checking out um, so a lot of really good uh, folky females out this year as well or last year um, and I've been listening to a playlist of a lot of them. For
1: Do you aspect. have a um, band or artist that you only discovered this year, but have been out, like, doesn't matter. They might have come out in the eighties or the seventies or whatever, but you only discovered and got into them this year.
3: Um, I'd have to think about that one now. Um, nothing comes to mind right now in terms of discoveries.
1: Cause um, I have otherwise. one. Oh yes. Go on, tell me. <laughs> Sorry. So I want to talk I was, about. I was off in my own world. <laughs> um, I was put onto a band called Cardiacs only this week, and I'm completely obsessed. Um, they're absolutely, definitely not for everybody. Um, they're very strange and experimental and whimsical, but there is some of the best musicianship in kind of Prague that I've ever heard with it within their music. Um, the album that I've been devouring is uh, Dirty Boy, I think is the name of the album as well as the song um, that we're going to play a little clip of. And it's it's just absolutely bonkers. There's so much in it to take apart. And I'd love to, if anybody knows anywhere that I can get my hands on some sheet music of this, I will be in, in forever in your debt. Um, also a band with a bit of a kind of a, a bit of a sad story around them. Um, Their lead singer uh, had to stop playing live gigs and um, recording music because he's quite ill. There's like a fund me sort of thing to pay for some like operations and for some medicine for him and every, um, every bit of merch or LP that you buy of theirs like goes towards supporting that. So that alongside discovering them has just... I mean, depleted my bank account, first of all, and just given me, there's a lot to dive into with them. And it's so exciting to find um, a band that have so much music and are so exciting, do you know? So yeah, uh, this is uh, Dirty Boy by Cardiacs. You might not like it, but here it is. (laughs) If you're into a lot of key changes (laughs) in very short amounts of time and songs that go on for like nine minutes and are worth every second, check out more of Cardiacs because they are amazing.
3: Very good. Um, Another album I didn't mention, um, which I've really enjoyed, and I think they're one of the most unique bands around is Young Fathers Mm -hmm. and Coco Sugar. Um, Most of the time, I don't even know what they're singing about, but they have such a brutal intensity to them and a, a gospel inflected. Um, way of uh, expressing that music that I can't help but be impressed by. Live, they are absolutely amazing. I saw them at It Takes a Village in Cork this year, and uh, I distinctly remember like the one of the guys like howling uh, the word "repeal" before the yeah. the uh, the vote at, at that gig. Um, and this is the
1: year for it. I mean, <laughs> a lot of
3: pounding drums in that in that album as well, and just like a really unique band who do their own thing and who kind of. Not that they've uh, changed dramatically, but they've definitely um, changed their sound to be a bit softer in some ways um, and maybe lower tempo a little bit, but really, really works. Coco butter was one of my favorite. Cocoa Sugar was one of my favorite albums of the year this year, mm-hmm. for sure. Cool. So we're just about finished, I think, in terms of albums. Um, and so I guess we'll finish with, I think we already know what my album of the year, if you've been listening to, uh, podcast or looking at the website it is uh the black panther various soundtrack various inspired by black mm-hmm. panther album uh exactly produced by Kenneth Lamar, and oh, another album i mentioned and that was i didn't mention that was in my top three was the marabou state album another mm-hmm. one that quietly just like kept returning to my mind and i wanted to listen to it a lot and i found a lot of comfort in that album mm. um it's just a really lovely album and uh one that brings in electronic music and organic or, or instrumentation and like influences from all over the world in terms of like Asian strings and all sorts of stuff. That's just really nice. And uh one of the, you know, when you, when you like something, you like it and that's it.
1: There you go. That's it. Um, my favorite album this year was a late kind of discovery. Well, not discovery, but, um, it, when I saw that it came out, I was like, yes, so excited for this. Just going to put a pin in it because I don't have time to listen to it right now because I need to give it the time that it deserves. And then I did. And I've been listening to very little else uh, ever since. And it's And Nothing Hurt by Spiritualized, um, who are, you know, one, like Jason Pierce, one of my favorite artists. And it's so great to hear New music from Spiritualized that doesn't, you know, deviate too much from what I love about them. They're kind of, you know, really grand themes and cosmic kind of sounds, uh, but also, you know, so full of heart and joy. And this this album, if you're a Spiritualized fan, it will just be such a relief to hear to hear such kind of uplifting music after, you know, a, a career that has been, um, filled with a lot of struggle, uh, we'll say. So yeah, for me, it's, um, it was a, t- it was a hard one to pick between Mitski and Spiritualized, but this is, I think this album is, um, it, I'm struggling to think of words for how much I love it. am um, honestly, it's so... It's really powerful, and it can be the album that you get into spiritualized through um it shouldn't be because that should be ladies and gentlemen we're we're floating through space That's uh, an absolute classic. space which is you know like it's um, pure phase is a pure phase as well, the album? yeah, and uh, Spaceman Three was a project that is also worth like it all, all of their music is worth your time, but this is just um it was a really lovely surprise, and it's it's one of those things where when I was listening to it, I just, I sank back into the artist in a way that you only get with, with music that you're so familiar with that it feels like home, but it's also new. Um, and that was really, really exciting. So yeah, uh, album of the year is spiritualized and nothing hurt.
3: And that is probably it from us this week, We I did think. it! It's like, uh, that's long enough. I wonder
1: Maybe. how many albums we actually talked about there. Enough. Jesus. Enough. Enough. Um,
3: enough, uh, enough to go yeah, off. Yeah, so you have loads to listen to now, don't you? I s- haven't heard it before. Um, yeah, I guess uh, we'll be back next week, probably, I think, for
1: our last podcast of the year. Yeah, I think um, so. We'll be fresh out of the um, No Encore quiz.
3: Yeah, we got a 9 or 9 team in the No Encore quiz next week. Yeah. Let me see how that works. Um, Coming for you. We'll see. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> we're going to do our best and, and there's no pressure. Yeah. And that's our, that's our word on that.
3: A <laughs> yeah. uh, quick time for some plugs. Um, a couple of things coming up um, of note. Uh, if you're hearing this on Thursday, there's a gig tonight in the Bellow Bar. We're doing Future Proof. I Have a Tribe, Mount Alaska, Fia Moon, and Sun Collective for very nice bands playing and uh, in a really cozy little atmosphere. Lumos on Saturday. That's already like uh Happening big time in terms of ticket sales. So, uh, if you're thinking about coming along to that in Tengu, um, it's a fun vibe. We've got Sing Along Social, Amy from the Boom doing a DJ set, and the Lumo DJs, of course. And then on Saturday, December 22nd, there's the 9 or 9 Christmas party in the Workman's Club with Bad Bones, Tangier. Black Jam and Happy Alone, four really interesting and very different artists playing in the Workman's Club on the 22nd of December. If you want any more information on that, there's a page at 909.com forward slash (laughs) events. Um, where you can get all that information, and uh, we've also just launched a Patreon page uh, just this week. Um, so if you like what you're hearing this week in or any other week you know, on the podcast, or if you enjoy anything to do with Nile or Nine, um, do Choke have a, a look few, at that. Bob. Yeah, um, you know, price of a of a of a couple of coffees or a pint. You know, um, that's all. Um, bit of bit of bit of support is always appreciated. Um, so that's Patreon.com forward slash nylon or Nine. And, and if uh,
1: you've not got any money, just give it a share. <laughs> give it an no little share. Give it a little
3: share. And uh, thanks for that. We had lots of good feedback from last week's show as well. So we really appreciate that. You can listen back to that on our feed, uh, Problematic Favorites, it's called. Um, and we'll be back next week with more um, new music discussion, I guess.
1: Thank yeah. you, Andrea. Thank you.
3: Thank you both.
1: We don't, <laughs> we don't
3: have any exit music or any closing songs this week because we've talked about music for too long. Yeah, yeah. And, it was and all we don't have
1: any other things that we've been enjoying or discussing because it's been only albums.
3: Yeah, only albums. Um, but maybe we'll talk about some songs next week. We'll see. Yeah. We haven't decided yet. We'll do it live. We'll
1: do it live.
3: <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, but thank you very much. Uh, I've been 909 and this is Andrea Cleary.
1: And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thank Bye. you. Bye.